0: The material shared within this podcast is for educational purposes only and is based on the personal experiences and learnings of the presenter. Lori is the parent of a Paracene Plus transanal irrigation system user who has received compensation from Coloplast to provide this information. Each person's situation is unique, so your experience may not be the same. Talk to your healthcare provider about whether this product is right for you. Nothing within this podcast is intended to be used as medical advice, or used to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. You should rely on the healthcare professional who knows your individual history for personal medical advice and diagnosis. Please see complete product instructions for use, including all product indications, contraindications, precautions, warnings, and adverse events. Welcome to the Real Talk Bladder and Bowel Conversations with Coloplast Care podcast, where we believe having real, honest conversations about bladder and bowel management can improve wellness, reduce stigma, and foster community support. I'm Brianna, your host, and I'm a Coloplast team member dedicated to making life easier for people with intimate healthcare needs. Let's have a Real Talk. Each year, about 1,500 babies are born with spina bifida, a condition that can happen anywhere along the spine if the neural tube does not close all the way. Many people living with spina bifida have some loss of bowel control, which is a big challenge accompanying the diagnosis. On today's episode, we'll be joined by guest Lori Neal, who will share her family's bowel management routine after her son Julian was born with spina bifida. Early on, enemas, which took about two hours to complete, were the only option available to manage Julian's condition. Lori recalls they were a nightmare. After they stopped working when Julian was five, Lori first tried to create a makeshift system to help her son, but this didn't quite meet his needs. Desperation sent her to social media, where she learned about the Peristeen Transanal Irrigation System, now upgraded to Peristeen Plus, and the rest is history. Julian, who is now 12, has been successfully using the system for seven years, and Lori is here to share her expertise, best practices, And encouragement for parents who are caring for a child with neurogenic bowel. All right, Lori, well, welcome to the Real Talk podcast. We are so excited to have you with us this morning. Um, I'm excited to be here. Yay! (laughs) Yes, we're very pleased to have you. So to start us off, would you just tell us a
1: little bit about yourself and um, your family? Yes, it's just me and my son, Julian. He um, is 12 years old. He'll be 13 in October. My son was born with spina bifida. Um, it was uh what they, they call the gestational, just I, is it no a geriatric, that's what they call it, because after you get 35, you're considered old. But anyway, I had him at 43, so I was a little older, and he's my only child. And he was born with spina bifida. I found out he had spina bifida when um um I was around four months pregnant. So it was better than being surprised at the birth, you know. So I had time to prepare for it and do some research and get those things in order.
0: So neurogenic bowel is is pretty common um, in spina bifida. What were some of your concerns?
1: Well, initially, you know, while I was pregnant, the panic started because when you go online and you look up this stuff, it's so overwhelming and so, you know, just, it just screams, you know, doom and gloom. And I just, was so depressed. And then I found these YouTube videos of these children. Your parents had put videos up of their children who had spina bifida. And I'm telling you, these kids were some of the happiest, cutest little, just moving, around. and I, and it gave me hope. And mm-hmm. there was this one little boy, if I could just kind of go on this little thing here, his name was Owen. And uh, he had a walker, he was like three years old and he had a walker. And so he would take three steps and then he would clap for himself. And then he put his hands back on the walker. He walked three more steps and he would clap. (laughs) And he did that through the whole video. And it was the most amazing thing. And really his mom just put up a lot of videos about him. And that really helped me to, um, uh, it helped me be less uh, negative about the situation while I was pregnant. But, you know, I cried every other day and I was, um, I had all these, you know, I was envious of watching other children playing baseball and stuff. And I think, oh my God, my child's not going to be able to do that. And in and, and, and this neurogenic ball, I just thought, what is that? That sounds like like something out of a horror film, to be, I'll be honest with you. I, I just was like, how is he going to live if we, if he can't you know, do these things on his own? But after he came into the world and I saw how things were, it's, it could be so much worse. And I'm so grateful that it is what it is.
0: Yeah, those would be some really challenging emotions to experience and having that sense of community or, or you know, having encouragement from others going through similar uh, scenarios was probably right. helpful. So Julian is 12 now. So you've gone through a lot of various treatments over the years. What did you initially pursue to manage his condition and how did that go?
1: Initially, the doctors gave us the, the, the um what do you call it, the cone enema, which was not doable. So we got this other enema and it was a balloon enema, but it was a two person enema. So since it was just me, I had to rig it so I could use my feet and my hands and whatever other part of my body I needed in order to utilize this thing because it was crazy. Mm -hmm. I can't remember exactly how it works since it's been so long, but I do remember, you know, I had to hold one end inside of him and then I had to hold uh, the the syringe with my feet so I could pump the water into it. And it was just ridiculous. And then when they went belly up without any kind of notification and I didn't have any extra supplies, I tried very hard to preserve what we had, but you know, you use stuff over and over. After a while, it's gonna break. So Mm -hmm. um, that system broke. A part of that system that was it was a small little clip thing you know that that regulated the water but it broke and without regulating the water you can't do the enema so i had to since i didn't throw the the cone enema away i used the bag from the cone enema and and used because it had because the because the cone enema had a working regulator on it so i had to hang the cone enema on the shower and have the tube drop into the other bag that was full of, I mean, it was I don't remember how I did it, but it was weird. One bag was filling up the other bag and you know what I'm saying? It was just crazy. Mm -hmm. It was a MacGyver thing. It was a nightmare. You know how people from the depression saved everything? That is me. (laughs) Because there's nothing worse than not having those animal supplies when you need them. I didn't know what I was going to do, but we made it work. Oh, and then, so out of frustration, I um, went to the Facebook, to the Spina Bifida Group, and just asked if anybody had any alternatives to this because the the doctor wasn't helping. And um, one of your representatives um, contacted me and told me about the peristine and uh, uh, sent me a a video link to it. And, you know, the rest is history. We uh, put forth the effort to get it up here into the Twin Cities. It took about four months and uh, yeah. And Julian was um, patient ground zero at the Minnetonka uh, uh, Gillette location at their Peristine clinic.
0: Oh, wow. So it sounds like you had trial and error. There were lots of complicated treatment options, and, mm-hmm. and it wasn't ideal at first. So, when were you introduced to Peristine? Like, how many years ago, and, and how old was Julian?
1: Around, I wanna say, April. April or May of 2015 was when we actually um, got the program. Mm-hmm.
0: And you mentioned it took a couple months to get it up here. So getting access to to Plus kind of varies by your insurance and where you're located. Um, so can you walk us through like some of the steps
1: you took to access it? The only thing I did was write emails back and forth to the representative. He's the one that did the, the um, legwork, but I let him know, how important it was for me to have this, how how interested I was in this new system. And, um, you know, I asked a lot of questions like, cause I knew they had it down at Mayo. They had a pediatric, I think, um, they had a pediatric program down in Mayo, but they didn't have it up here. They had an adult program up here. And there's all these steps you have to be, you know, you have to, they have to find the uh, someone who is qualified to, train people and train the patients and train the it's all this craziness and i was just like you know what let me know when it gets through but let them know that we are interested in this and initially we had to go because they were still waffling on gillette was still waffling on giving the permission to have the clinic so i had to go to my son's ex-doctor Um, because for some reason he ended up being the contact person for the Peristine, but he was not a Peristine promoter. He is a surgery promoter. He's all about the ACE Mm -hmm. all of that stuff. So I had to fight through him because when we got to the office, he didn't even pull out the Peristine. He pulled out his little notepad and started drawing pictures of all these surgeries my son was going to have. And I'm like, this is not what we came here for. (laughs) Okay. Mm -hmm. But fortunately the very next day, uh, one of the nurses at the Gillette clinic called and said, "Hey, we have the clinic up. Would you guys like to come in?" And I'm like, "Oh my God, why didn't you give this twenty four hours ago?" But yeah. And so we were in there, and there was a team of doctors in there to observe my child. He went, he did it just fine. Um, I think it made a a, gr- a big difference in his mood because what I didn't realize at the ch- at the time with with him having scoliosis, you know that sort of um, crushes the intestines or squeezes them or something, makes them you know like makes things harder to move. Mm-hmm. And I didn't realize just how not only constipated, but how uncomfortable and unhappy my child was. And I, you know I had no idea what was going on. So mm-hmm. once we started the peristin, boy, did that did his attitude change? You know, mm-hmm. not not a, not a lot at first, um, but it's it, he be, he became a lot happier and the, and. um there was less mess in his diaper, because he used to get very, very upset when he'd had mess in his diaper, but he would never, he since he was nonverbal he couldn't tell me that he had done something in his diaper, so he would have these meltdowns, and so that uh, decreased a lot, because the peristein really helped to keep him um, dry. Then, after he had his, um, his magic rod surgery in 2018, boy oh boy, it's, it's like it, it, the, you know, the heavens came down because that straightened up his spine, got the pressure off his intestines, and woof, you know he became, you know, he was able to evacuate. I mean, you know, I know it's weird we talk about poop, but there is nothing that makes me happier than to see it all just come out. Just whoosh, it's it's joy, it's music to my ears. And we've gotten to a point where he, he's so clean that I can afford to take a couple of days off. You know, I can take every other day off or so, you know. For a single mom, any break is amazing.
0: <laughs> no, definitely. I mean, it sounds like it. it's more comfortable for him. It's mm-hmm. you know, more manageable for you. So it's win-win. And it yeah, sounds so like... For sure. And in terms of, you know, getting access, it sounds like you really advocated for yourself to get this treatment versus having some, you know, an invasive procedure. So kind of um, circling back to training, could you share a little bit about how you were trained to perform
1: the irrigations on your child? Sure. Um, In the clinic, uh, they showed me how to fill the bag with water. She said, fill it all the way and then let out enough water so that it goes to zero. (laughs) Then um, you have to connect the catheter to the end of the tube, to to one end of the the holes and then the other holes to the bag. And then make sure you saturate the catheter with water for about 30 seconds, which we still do. Then I had to, I'm not sure if I did it in the clinic or not, but but I do digitally check him to make sure there's no obstruction in the way. And once that's out the way, then you gently insert the catheter, you know, pump on the handle, blow up the balloon. And I usually do it. Initially, they said do it about three times, but he takes more than three times. And I just do it until I feel like it's pretty solid in there. And then I start putting the water in. And if I need to adjust the balloon, if the water starts leaking out, then I do that. Anyway, you do that and at the time, we started with three milliliters of water pumped inside of him, and then once that was in there, you turn on the release valve, and the, the the catheter comes out, and the child sits there and does his thing, and the best thing about it is you don't need two people to do this. You can do, it. you know, a caregiver can do this by themselves. Yeah, definitely, and does it
0: save time compared to You know, how you were irrigating before with the
1: enemas and that kind of complicated system. Is this a little faster? It's faster. Yes, it is faster. And it's um, way less frustrating. You know, I'm not Mm -hmm. having meltdowns. (laughs) So you are using Peristene Plus now,
0: right? Yes. The newly upgraded Peristene. How has that been going? What do you like about it?
1: I like the new uh, connector designs. They're a lot smoother. And I like, especially the, the end that goes inside the child because it acts kind of as a shield for your fingers mm-hmm. if stuff comes out, whereas the other one didn't. And um, what else do I like about it? It's not that, I mean, it's sleeker, I think. You know, like a brand new car. You know how they started making, it reminds me of a, of a new Cadillac. Mac and a Daddy used to have those square Cadillacs and then they started making them kind of round. So that's what it kind of reminds me of. You made them a little round.
0: Yeah, it's upgraded, but it's also still familiar. So it's, you know, nice that there wasn't a big learning curve with
1: any new... And I think that um, water temperature gauge is really nice because a lot of times if you have these PCAs, you know, they don't always, they're not always as diligent in their care towards the children as you are towards your child. So it's nice to be able to hold the bag up and be able to see the temperature see if it's, um you know, okay for the, for the body.
0: That is a nice feature because that could be very uncomfortable if it was the wrong temperature water. Yes. So how has Peristeen Plus helped manage your child's neurogenic bowel?
1: Um, it's, it's, it's managed very well. Like I said, the, the, he is so clean now that I can afford to take a few days off. Like on, on, on the weekdays, you know, I can take, I can take Monday, Wednesdays and Fridays off do it Saturday and Sunday and do Tuesdays and Thursdays. So that's four days a week, he's getting it, but he's getting it like every other day, you Mm -hmm. know? Uh, And because he's not as, or or he hasn't been constipated, um, he's not vomiting. He used to vomit all the time, oh my goodness. Um, And he, you know, uh, we can go out into the community and even if I have to calf him, I don't have to worry about anything coming out the back end, which is nice because he's with him being 12. Now he's heavy, you know, <laughs> so I can't really pick him up like I used to be able to. So that's nice to know that he is clean and, you know, there's no smell and all that stuff that that we used to have to deal with when he was a toddler.
0: So it sounds like it's really helped you live a fuller, more active life.
1: Yes. Yes. It's helped him to live a full, uh, more active life.
0: So from a parent's perspective, what tips or tricks for using Peristein Plus can you share?
1: Well, I like to have all my supplies together, okay? Rather than running around trying to get stuff together. And I lay all my stuff out before I even start the procedure. So I have all my, whatever amount of gloves I'm going to need, I have them out of the box already. I have my my tools lined up. Nowadays, I cast them on the toilet. So before I even do that, I will go ahead and get the peristine catheter saturated with water. Mm -hmm. So while that's soaking, then I'm taking care of, I'm cathing them, I'm clearing them out and whatnot. So that 30 seconds, I'm doing something because he gets really kind of upset if I'm just sitting there not doing anything. That's part of his condition. I use the gloves to wrap the, the catheter up when I'm done with it. And you know, I mean, I just keep everything compact. So I, you know, and, and categorized and organized. It's not rocket science.
0: <laughs> well, then you can perform it efficiently. Okay. And it sounds like it's really easy to do, to use. Yes. Yeah.
1: You know what I love about it is I can do it. I can be tired. I can be whatever. And I can still do it. And with ease, you know, I mean, the hardest part of the whole enema thing is just getting him on the toilet because he's so heavy and getting him off. Okay, mm-hmm. the best part is actually doing the, the enema portion, you know?
0: Yeah, and you know I know there's a little bit of a waiting period once you've got everything set up. How do you keep Julian distracted while while you're waiting for that to to take place? Four
1: letters. I P A D. <laughs> okay. <laughs> and when one bat and one battery runs down, I grab the other one. <laughs> You know, and he got a little set up and sometimes I feed him while he's in there because if I do it early in the morning, if I'm lucky enough to get some sleep at night, I'll do it early in the morning before he goes to school so he can have breakfast and take care of that at the same time. Mm -hmm. Or if it's late in the evening or right after school, I can put him on right after school and give him his dinner at the same time. That way we're not staying up for hours and hours and hours.
0: I think I've heard other parents use an iPad or, you know, something that can you know Mm -hmm. kind of divert their attention
1: while while you're oh yeah girl i used to way back when we had that other enema uh, i used to take the tv out of my room and we're not talking about a flat screen tv we're talking about a regular and old-fashioned 24-inch tv i'd take it out of my room and i'd put it by the bathroom door and put on some curious george dvds and let them go wild on it
0: (laughs) i would be happy to
1: move back and forth (laughs) I remember those TVs,
0: but you know what? You have to do what works and help them be comfortable with it. Yes.
1: And I used to sit in there and sing to them too. <laughs>
0: oh.
1: So what advice
0: would you give to other parents trying to manage their child's neurogenic bowel?
1: Have a sense of humor, first of all. Okay. Because, you know, depending on what stage you're in and what condition your child is in, um, um, you're going to need a sense of humor because if you're cleaning up, sometimes you might have to clean up. I mean, there were times when I had to clean poop up off the floor, out of the living room, you know, big trails of poop. I mean, I'll, oh, you know, you got to have a sense of humor. Otherwise you you lose your mind. Um, have a schedule, definitely have a schedule Um, because winging it, can work sometimes, but it's frustrating. It, 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 for me anyway, it, it increases the frustration. So have, a, have, have some organizations, a schedule, and um, make sure your child is entertained while they're on there. And uh, initially I had to pay close attention to how long he sat on the toilet because what was recommended to me did not work for my child. You know, I was I was told to put it in, pull it out, and then he would be done. But no, that doesn't that didn't happen with my child. He my child to this day stays on the toilet for 90 minutes because 30 minutes didn't work, 45 minutes didn't work, an hour didn't work. So and it always seemed like when I got ready to take him off, he'd have to evacuate more. So be flexible with the time. You know, pay attention to your time. That's
0: all great advice that I think can really help other parents out there in a similar situation. Lori, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been such a pleasure having you here on the Real Talk Bladder and Bowel Conversations with Coloplast Care podcast. To our listeners with similar experiences, know that you're not alone and there are resources out there for you. If you or a loved one have a neurogenic bowel, you may have questions about how to manage the condition and what treatment options are available. It can be difficult and we're here to help. Our Coloplast Care Program can share product and lifestyle information about managing a neurogenic bowel to help you become confident in your routine. If you have questions about Peristeen Plus and if it might be right for you, call 1-855-605-7594 or visit today's podcast description.